You are listening to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. We invite you to join us on the exciting journey of following Jesus and bringing the kingdom of God wherever we go. This episode was recorded at the Vineyard Nordic Summer Camp. We have heard so many wonderful stories from our Nordic countries and listened to incredibly inspiring teaching and God has really filled us with his love. And tonight I'll share the most wonderful invitation from Jesus to us. This night I'd like to raise two simple questions which I believe can fill us and free us and give us joy, give us hope for the time to come when we return to our everyday life. And finally, I'll, I'll share a few stories of, whom, uh, who have been, of people who have been transformed by God. But let's read from the scripture. Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. And this is, this is the most beautiful description of the relationship between the Son and the Father, and you and I are invited into joining in to an adventurous life. Jesus wants us to know that he does nothing by himself or out of his own strength. And think of this incredible option Jesus presents to you. It's a new way to live. It's a new way to serve. Nothing by yourself or from yourself. Not your performance, but only God's performance and power in you. And when Jesus describes this wonderful relationship with his Father, in which he cannot carry out deeds by himself, for, so, for to do so would be to exist autonomously from God. In this relationship, he invites us to freedom. Although Jesus is distinct from the Father, he is in no way autonomous. He is in the bosom of the Father, totally at one with the Father. The Father's love is the heart of everything. It is the same love between the Father and the Son that moves the Son and the other stars. The same kind of love that created us and the earth. And Jesus' intimacy with God is unclouded by sin. His entire life, everything he does is reflective of what he sees the Father doing. And everything the Father does is reflected in Jesus' life. He is our model of true, true humanity in that he is thoroughly open to God, humble and is not capable of doing anything in his own strength. The great and overwhelming news to us is that you and I are invited into this unique fellowship with the Son and the Father. You and I are in, invited to imitate Jesus. 
And within this relationship, and this is, this is uh, freeing us so much, it is not about your performance. This is not about loneliness. This is not about overwork. This is the kind of discipleship you're invited into. You're invited into this liberating relationship. You, as well as a father's child, adopted in the cry of the Holy Spirit within you, which says, Abba, Father. It's a cry. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So through the Spirit we now share in something of the same sort of relationship with God that we see in Jesus and the Father. In addition, Jesus promises that we'll be nothing less than amazed. The theme has been wonder this week, and we have been amazed. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. And this wonderful promise is for us. We will for certain be amazed of what the Father will be doing through the Son and even through us. We will repeatedly experience wonder and amazement. When we tap into this relationship with the Father, Son and the Spirit, the adventure begins in a brand new way. To do what the Father is doing is to live a liberating life in wonder. And how can you not live in amazement if you're doing what the Father is doing? This is the reason we can get up every morning and the trivial day that some of us are going back to. This is why we can get up in the morning and ask God, how will you make me wonder today? In what way will you amaze me this day, Father? How will you include me as a child and transform this every day into an adventurous life? When Anna and I look back on the two years in our new little village we now live in, I am amazed. It has been such an exciting adventure. I've been speaking about this in our church. We have been sharing, uh, and, and they've heard me way too far talk about that. We've been sharing our faith. We've been praying for people. And we have... It has been an adventure to see what the Father is doing. Jesus' invitation is an invitation beyond proportions. It's an invitation to serve in freedom. It is the unspoiled design of the relationship between man and God that is restored in us in which we, and which we again pass on to others. It is also the invitation that eventually and someday will restore the core problem of humankind. It's about relationship. It is a message for all the lost souls on earth. As for tonight, I'll, I felt that God led me to point out two simple but challenging questions from this text. I'll, I'll focus mostly on the second one. But let me begin with the first question I find implicit in the words of Jesus today at the text I've read. First one is, what is the Father doing? I am so convinced that our Father is at work in our Nordic cities. Do you see it? The Father's heart is to bring lost souls into relationship with Him. We live in towns and cities filled with lost souls. 
And the few stories you'll see in a minute are wonderful testimonies of lost souls that has found fellowship. The wonderful thing is that God will rebuild hope through the same people that themselves found hope. Uh, and I believe it's the Father's intention to restore the cities through the restored. Lost souls f saved from the loneliness that again will restore other souls from their uh, loneliness. Every time we have seen one person be restored in Copenhagen Vineyard, we see the same person immediately invite others to our gatherings, which is a reminder of us of the power of invitation. We are bringing hope to people. Invite them to come. Lost souls have found new hope will bring new hope to the hopeless. If this really is the intention of our Heavenly Father, if this really is the Father's doing, we will be, we will be churches of those yet to come. And never forget the phrase my friend and mentor Tom Murphy from England often returned to. He said always, we do this for those yet to come. For those yet to come is the overall perspective we must have in mind when we are building our communities. And I honestly believe that that is our Father's doing. We invite ourselves as we, invite as we ourselves has been invited. And why do we not bring them to our services, to our small groups, all kind of gatherings, to our homes, opening our homes? Can, can you really imagine what a treasure your home is? Invite people to your home. I would like to present to you a, a, a video of a wonderful man. His name is Klaus. Uh, a friend from the church, Barbara and I, we met him. Uh, at the back of Copenhagen Central Station and we sat on the pavement for an hour and had a talk with him. Here he comes. Um, so what is the Father doing? And, and now for the second question I want to uh, raise tonight. What, what is the Father doing in your life? And we always try to manage these two worlds what is the Father doing, which is the outer world, and what is the Father doing in my life, which is the inner world? Have you asked yourself recently, what is the Father doing in my life? When I asked my friend and colleague Phil Stroud, who's the national director of the vineyards in USA, years ago, I, when I first met him, I asked him various questions about church development. And... Uh, he surprised me by asking me a question instead. The question was, how is your soul? How is your soul? At first, I didn't understand how that had to do with growing churches. But soon I realized that it has everything to do with growing churches. One of the most important words in the Bible is the soul. But do we really pay attention to our souls? We know it matters. We, we suspect it's important, but are we, are we sure that we know how much it matters? The soul can be compared to a keel on a boat. The keel is basically a heavy flat blade sticking down into the water from a sailboat's bottom. It has two functions. It prevents the boat from being blown sideways by the winds, and it holds the ballast that keeps the boat right side up. 
a damaged or crooked keel will leave the boat in danger of capsizing. Even the most skillful sailor cannot compensate for a damaged keel. Or the soul can be compared with a compass. If it's broken or damaged, you will never truly find your way. The soul is the word that won't go away. Our souls are our earliest companions and must be our ultimate concern. Dallas Willard says about the soul, what is running your life at any given moment is your soul. Not external circumstances, not even your thoughts, not your intentions, not even your feelings, but your soul. The soul is the aspect of your whole being that correlates, integrates, and enlivens everything going on in the very dimensions of the self. The soul is the life center of human, human beings. And it's very important for me to remind us all that we in the vineyard family, we are building our Nordic family for the long haul. In it for the long haul means that before and while we are producing songs, planting churches, we need to ask ourselves, how is my soul? How is my soul? Because there's a kind, in the society we live in, there's a kind of soul fatigue that easily attacks the mind. All the bombardment of information, work, mental lists of errands not yet done, or when we try to push unpleasant emotions uh, under the surface, our minds grow weary. That, there's also a kind of a soul fatigue that attacks the will. So many decisions to make, how to m not make wrong choices. People that we from time to time disappoint. Maybe you know this feeling. Life gets complicated. Stuff happens. My job is threatened. My faith is riddled with doubts. My friend betrays me. I can't sleep. My health becomes uncertain. I can't make the right decisions. Or my soul feels constantly vulnerable to other people or circumstances. And this fatigue is so difficult and it makes us feel separated from God, separated from ourselves and distance from what we love most about life and creation. This is soul fatigue and the very opposite of the fellowship that Jesus invites us into. And how do we, ordinary people, living in a world of technology and economical changes, huge moral debates and rapidly changing beliefs. How do we, how do you and I find a Jesus way to live and find his rhythm where grace was constantly flowing into him and then flowing out from him? Our reaction is often to run and hide Oscar Wilde said, I was no longer captain of my own soul. We become double-minded. 
In Greek, it's the word disukos, which means double-souled or split-souled or an uncentered soul. We run, we hide, we sedate, we lack patience. And this happens when we try to meet an overwhelming and demanding life with an all-too-short soul. A soul too short. Thomas Kreen has said, the neediness of the soul is appointed to God. And let me share here tonight something personal. Because I'm aware that the last two years has been privately very demanding. I've decided to go to a psychologist for a period. It has been the hardest two years ever in our lives. And I do this, I go to a psychologist, first of all for my soul's sake, and to see and to understand basically what the Father wants to do to my soul. Besides of three wonderful and experienced mentors, I need this time to deeply understand what the Father is doing in me. The fascinating thing is that all of us are limited in areas, in every area actually but one, we have an unlimited desire. And if we have an uncentered soul, we are always in a hurry to be somewhere else because my soul hasn't yet found its home. And besides, we often don't know what our souls are truly devoted to. Whatever my soul is devoted to, that becomes more, that becomes more important to me than my heavenly father is my idol. So what am I truly devoted to? We feel honestly the pull of many obligations and try to fulfill them all. And the result of that is that we are unhappy, we are uneasy, we are strained, we are oppressed, we are fearful, and we are shallow. At the same time, Jesus offers a life that is vastly richer and deeper than all this hurried existence, a life of unhurried peace and power. If we only could slip into that center, into that fellowship Jesus is talking about, he has with his Father, we will be amazed, he promises us. I personally have a few soul health checkpoints that I'm just going to share it may be helpful to you. Just very simple questions uh, that helps me to answer the question, how is my soul? Each question is a marker that reveals soul fatigue or double-minded soul. You may have and help yourself with totally different soul checkpoints, no right answer, as long as the Christians will understand, lead you to understand how a healthy soul, how healthy your soul is in you right now. So the first question I ask myself is, is my soul filled with joy, hope, and peace? And the amazing testimony I have is that in the midst of these two years 
which has been harder than ever. I really experience in the morning when I get up, I experience the joy of God coming to me. It, it does not come from myself, it comes from Him. And do I bring joy to my surroundings? Sometimes I feel like we in the Nordic countries live in a culture of complaint. Complaint and melancholy is a, melancholy is a common virus of the soul. A Catholic bishop from Geneva in 1700 wrote, The evil one is pleased with sadness and melancholy because he himself is sad and melancholic and will be so for eternity. Hence the desire that everybody, everyone should be like himself. But the prophet Isaiah says, You will go out in joy and you will be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees on the field will clap their hands. The prophet describes what nature does when you get up in the morning, and, and you're filled with the joy of God. What a promise for every morning I get up, for all the transitions I go through, for the winter, desert time, periods of waiting, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the nature will salute you. And Jesus tells us that if we, we remain in his love, his joy will fill us. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. To miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. Not to forget Paul who directly encouraged us to be happy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. So how is my soul today? Is it filled with joy, hope and peace? That's the first question I ask myself. And then the second one, point two, do I have a tender soul? Is my soul filled with tenderness? And do I bring tenderness to my surroundings? Listen to, these, to this wonderful wisdom in Paul's words to Philippians. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others about yourselves. Or could this shape the culture of a Nordic family? In chapter 4, verse 5, Paul says it again and very clear. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And lack of tenderness is such a strong marker and points to check how your soul is. Do I love other people? And is that love more important than all the other things that I could say about others? Am I fascinated with other people? And does other people make me wonder the wonder of God's many faceted creations? Do I react with tenderness? Do I wish the best for others? Do I always seek to Forgive and reconcile wherever I go. 
Do I always make use of every opportunity to encourage others? These questions for me are so helpful when I am to check if my soul is healthy. Next question. Do I know what the Father is doing in my soul? Do I know in what areas God is at work in my soul? What is his work in progress? Can you remember Andy Smith from uh, Ireland saying, thank you. Uh, uh, he, said, he said to us at a conference, you are the project. You are the work in progress. You are the project. And in Psalms it says, search me, God. The, the, David saying, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So do I set time aside in silence so that God can reveal what he sees in my heart and how he wants to change my anxious thoughts? Point four, do I set time off for my soul to rest, for replenishing? Do I actually take responsibility for my calendar and I able to say no? Do, do I take responsibility for my family's calendar? promise you it's not worth it to burn out. Do I continually look at my calendar for the week and do, do I see if in the calendar there is enough room for rest? Evenings without activity, a day off, vacations? These are just four simple questions that have been personal help for me to check on my soul. May I encourage you simply to accept that your soul is important and that the Father really loves your soul. You also have to realize that you cannot pass on to others what you don't have yourself. You cannot bring a contagious hope to lost souls if you're not partnering with God and his fascination with other people. Our souls are unbalanced when we try to give what we don't have as well as it's unbalanced if we focus on only keeping what we have. With a healthy, healthy soul, it's not about your performance, but only about God's performance and power through you. And this is a relationship he invites you into, and you will be amazed. When a healthy soul taps into the relationship between the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit, it is nothing less than a new way to live, a new way to serve, nothing by yourself or from yourself, and you're invited into this freedom. And we've, if we're going to build this family, and we intend to do this family for the long haul, we have to look at our souls. How is your soul? I think in order to go back to our everyday's life and serve God and we being served by God, I think we should, I believe that tonight we should pray for those, some, there's some of you here tonight that needs to leave something behind. Heard in relationships, 
failure. This ongoing, um, this ongoing reflection, think, guilt, shame, or anger that continues to uh, interpret negatively our situation, hurts, complaints that hunt you and takes your joy away. Sometimes you just, we, we just need God's help to stop it and say, stop it. Stop yourself right there. Stop it, God. Issue that colors so much of our thinking and drains us for energy. I believe we should pray for you tonight. Those of you who can see you identify with this. I think there are May God even speak to you about forgiving persons that has hurt you tonight. So first of all, I'd like to pray for you who need to live, leave, sorry, leave something behind. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. Things that constantly goes on in your mind or it's a go-to negative explanation or uh, thought patterns. You need to leave it behind. And secondly, some of you tonight, we're going to pray for you as well. Some of you need to face your exaggerated fears. Let me just explain that. Fear is, fear is often an exaggeration. Exaggeration, I'm saying that right? It's a duration. Fear is often about overestimating the terrible that can happen. It's an exaggeration. Fear is often about the risk of what could happen. This would probably and most likely happen. Fear is often underestimating our ability to handle challenging situations. It's saturated fears. And they grow in us. And I, I saw a picture for this night that the soul has many rooms and Behind some of the doors into the ro different rooms of our souls, we expect to find darkness and therefore we run away and don't open the doors. But we need, sometimes we need to face some of these fears. It's okay to face your fear. And other doors in the soul's room, we are not to enter. Things in the past that we have forgiven or been forgiven for and and so so there are doors not open but there are doors that is about exaggerated fears about the risk of what could happen you run away from you know they're there we need to pray for you we need to pray for you that leaves needs to leave something behind a thought pattern that hinders your joy which is un unhealthy for the soul. You have been created to freedom and into the overflowing life of Jesus. And then we need to pray for you who need to get rid of fear. And I believe that when we pray for you tonight, God will, God will begin healing in you. I, I just, just when I, years ago, I'd, I've been to several psychologists to even to be able to stand here today. I remember 18 years ago when I was fighting anxiety myself, 
she, 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 uh, this psychologist gave me a very helpful picture that I imagine yourself in a big dark tunnel and, and uh, at the very end, far, far away, there's a little light, uh, dot of light. And, and, and you are so much panicking, trying to get there. Why don't you shut your eyes for a moment and get used to a little darkness around you? If you open them again, you will be able to orientate yourself. And I'm just speaking to those of you who are, who are fighting anxiety. That do not fear, fear. Do not fear, fear. God is in this with you. And he can heal you from it. So we're going to pray for this. And then I also believe that there are people here tonight, it's a different thing, but there are people here tonight that are fighting priorities. During the week, you have heard God's voice speaking to you, reminding you of making new priorities in your life. And it has also to do with having a healthy soul, walking with Jesus through life. And I believe that God is calling you to make some changes, make some priority changes tonight. I, I, I believe God is, is reminding you tonight that this is serious and this is good for you. It's serious and it's good for you. Make the sacrifice. Be obedient to following Jesus in this even though it costs you money or costs a different lifestyle or turn things upside down. It's worth it. So I honestly believe that God will call you tonight to make a change in priorities. You have been listening to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. For more information, please visit the Vineyard Nordic's website, vineyardnordic.org. 